0: Welcome back, everybody. Episode 20. Super exciting, as always. Uh, In this episode, Chris is back again, uh, and we welcome Sam Bartels um, of New Zealand. Sam is a singer-songwriter, recording artist, who has had um, a really interesting story Um, that is centered in music um, and takes him through alcoholism and through recovery. Uh, He is now four years sober, has a great story to tell, um, and one that we're we're thrilled to highlight. So uh, Sam came to us um, and is very passionate about, uh, you know, continuing the message of recovery uh, through music. Um, It is what moves him. It has been a, a solid foundation for him throughout. And Um, among his family and other things that are driving him forward. Uh, I think you guys will all really enjoy this episode. Um, You can find Sam on any streaming channels. We're going to kind of link his music and where you can find him in the uh, body of this podcast description as well as on our um, social media pages. So look out for that. Um, and, and please give him, give him a listen, give him a follow. Um, I really think that you'll get a lot out of this story. Um, and Sam, thank you so much for joining us and continuing to, uh, bring the message of recovery forward, um, through everything you do. Uh, we can't wait till things get back to normal. We can all go see a show. Um, and until then, uh, we hope to speak to you again soon, uh, and best of luck, uh, everybody enjoy episode 20. welcome back to all listeners. Uh, We're in week 20 or episode 20, which is awesome. We have a very special guest this week, uh, Sam Bartels, recording artist, um, who has an awesome story, a new album, um, a dedicated song. And uh, Sam, welcome to the podcast.
1: Uh, Thanks for the intro and thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you bet. And Chris, welcome back.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Awesome. So, Sam, we'll dive right in. Um, I know we've given you a brief background on uh, Faded Podcast and what we're trying to do here, but um, we would love to hear more about your story um, and your journey. I've heard a little bit about you um, through some interviews I've listened to, but uh, if you could just give us a little background um, on where you are in the world and kind of um, if you could set the stage for us on um, kind of your upbringing and, and just a bit about your childhood, just so we can set the stage, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so, I'm Sam Bartels. I'm a singer-songwriter. I'm based in New Zealand and I have spent most of my life here. I did um, move to Tasmania, which is the bottom of Australia, when I was a small child and um, had an upbringing on a farm there with my uh, mother and father. And I've got um, one older sister who's 16 months older than me and a younger brother. And, um, and then we moved to New Zealand when I was about nine. So um, I was born in New Zealand, moved over young, and then we moved back. And, um, and um, sort of had a pretty good family family life. My my father um, worked a lot, so he, we didn't, you know, he was he was a workaholic as well as um, other things. But you know, he, we had a pretty good good relationship. And you know, when I got into my teenage years, um, you know, I'd i was I never quite fitted in uh really you know, but i um found music I always listened to music um there was some time I did spend with my father and I really enjoyed listening to old albums and and that's where my love for music started and um you know it's sort of um learned from there but uh, through my school years um you know i i um struggled a bit and um we had some family issues and and my parents broke up when I was about i think 14 so that that was tough you know and um, and that's about then I really sort of went off the rails a bit more I think if there was a there was a turning point but and started started getting into drinking and, and other things and um, you started using that as, as something that you know in a, unhealthy ways to cope cope with things I think and then um, music's always been there for me. I, I always used it as a tool for writing and, and telling about how I feel and things like that. So it's sort of one big sort of um, uh, thing that started around that time and and um, has carried on. You know, that that's a bit of basics. Um, I've got um, I'm married and I've got um, three beautiful children and um, uh, four years over now, and life's uh, totally different for me and it's amazing
0: and I'm yeah. grateful to be. I love it. I love it. And so tell us a little bit about, um, just, you know, when, when you got into um, substance use and we won't dwell too much on that, but just how, how do you, how, when did you realize that, that this was kind of a bigger deal than maybe just things that, that younger people, uh, play around with? I mean, do you have a moment or a, a you know, a story that you can share where you said, okay, this is, this is not okay. Um, this is probably a deeper thing.
1: Well, uh, I mean. I never, I always got into more trouble than everyone else when I, when I drank, you know, um, alcohol was my main substance. Um, so, you know, I never drank normally like everyone else, but I just thought that was me. You know, I just thought, Oh, I drink more and then I get into trouble and anything goes and, you know, um, and it was really, it really, you know, I got away with it for a long time. Um, but it never, I never understood, um, why I had so many problems around, um, I just didn't know, you know, and right through my 20s, it, it just, it was just more and more trouble, I would get in with the law, and, and things that I would do that, you know, um, driving uh, while well drunk, and I just never, I never really thought about it, you know, I didn't know why, when I took a drink that, that it, all bets were off, you know, I just thought, I thought it was under, you know, I was in control of it and, um, battered with that for a long time. Why can't I just, you know, have one drink or be like everyone else, you know? And, um, I didn't know till later on that I had no control, you know, and, and, and that I was different. And when I learned about that, I was kind of relieved to be called an alcoholic by the time I got there, you know, because it was just, I, I got to understand more about myself, you know, and, um, and and realised that um, yeah I didn't have any control by the, by the stage that I'd gotten myself to with drinking and and um, um, that I couldn't manage my my life you know so right um, there was no turning point really I, I kind of realised uh, all the way along but just didn't I just thought I just didn't know or have any tools to deal with that stuff you know I just thought I just had to deal with everything myself you know
0: yeah for sure and what was what was the the kind of start of the journey to recovery like for you kind of when when did you seek help and and how did that look
1: through through my twenties, I sort of knew i uh, like i was I'd get into trouble or do something, and I'd think, oh I really need to you know stop drinking, so you know every now and then I'd do a month, and that would be you know just on my own it was really really hard, and I'd always end up back drinking again and never really was able to hold down a job too long or do really well. And then, you know, I'd just be waiting for the moment for when I, you know, (laughs) ruined it all because of a drinking spree or, um, so, you know, it was sort of always on that fine line of what's, you know, never couldn't trust myself, didn't know what was going to happen. So, um, yeah, it was sort of, um, I just didn't, I I started going to a few meetings. I saw about the AA, and I thought, well, that That looks interesting, but I couldn't quite grasp it, and did the odd things, and I'd see because I thought well maybe i there's something you know what's wrong with me, why can't I just you know be normal and that didn't really help me you know um uh what I needed to be told was that I was alcoholic, and I you know this it's it's different to just dealing with um what's going on in your head that's uh, someone explained to me you know it's like a three prong thing you know I was spiritually unwell, physically unwell, and mentally unwell, so you know um
0: that's exactly uh,
1: right. And it just got yeah. That's right, eh, brother. <laughs> you know, so um <laughs> it, it took a it took a long it took a long time, you know. It's um uh, to to get the help because I didn't not really know what I was looking for and um being stubborn. Yeah, so um on and off with meetings over the years and then and then stopping on my own and then trying this, trying that and um it was only uh, I went to rehab once. It didn't really, didn't really stick. I didn't, you know, I, it was because I wasn't willing to concede defeat. I didn't understand that I wasn't in control, and it re, I really just couldn't grasp that um, until my last rock bottom. Really, for me, um, was when my third um, child was born, and um, you know, I would, I had done about two weeks sober on my own. And um, I thought, well, uh, I'll, I'll go home. I've got the older two kids, you know, and um, I've got my father-in-law coming over, and uh, the baby's there at the hospital, they're fine, you know, and um, I'll just have a glass of wine, you know, I'll just that, that can be my celebratory thing, you know. And you know, I had that, and then I finished the bottle, and then I was driving down the road to get more wine, you know, and and just not really thinking like, oh, okay, and then. It'll, and then I did that about three times, you know, and, and then I, I, I was gone. I left the house, left my father-in-law, I don't know what, and I came out of blackout like four days later at my dad's house on my knees saying, hang on a minute,
2: hmm. how did this
1: happen? How did this happen? And I just said, God, if you're out there, man, like either kill me now or, you know, let this thing be over. I can't do this. You know, I'm done. You know, just I need help, you know, and I found rehabing. Uh, it was a tedious few days, but got in there and and then I would just I just surrendered to try to do whatever I need. I was on my knees a lot, just saying like, let me change, let me be better, let me give up. I give up the fight.
2: I've lost, I've lost the battle. Like with this, mm. you know, and that was the start of my journey. There's something, there's something powerful about that though. When you finally get to a place where you're just done and you just want to give up. There's no more fighting, and there's no more involved it's more so just like i hope that something else works because i'm done and i don't want to try anymore you know
1: yeah man yeah it is a it is a relief in some ways and but at the same time i, I was sort of worried then because i was like am i am i just fooling myself because i've done it so many times you know I, I i can't believe anything i do or say i felt like i couldn't trust myself you know so it's just like <laughs> yeah. throw me to the wolves man i don't care you know just whatever comes back you know i'm willing to try anything you know I uh, you know I don't believe in the same goals as I believed and maybe when I was raised as a kid as a Christian or whatever but it doesn't matter i'll I'll try it I'll try anything you tell me to do if it means that I could be sober and maybe see my family and who knows you know maybe things will be okay but I don't know <laughs> yeah,
2: that's, yeah that's yeah well that's what the whole second step that we've talked about is about is you don't have to have this grandiose conception of power or God or whatever you want to call it it it's just are you willing to believe that there could potentially be something out there that could return you to sanity? And, and it doesn't have to be this, this specific thing. And when people come in and they're like, I'm an atheist, like it's really easy to work with people like that. Um, as long as they are beaten into a position to where they're like, I need, I need help. And I'm willing to, I'm willing to at least be willing, you know, and and um, it's kind of cool how it works.
1: Yeah, I, you know, and I, I don't really understand how it works sometimes, but look, I've been <laughs> sober for four years, and I say to my wife, like, how did this actually happen? You know, like, <laughs> I'm out there doing gigs, and sometimes I step back, and I'm just like, wow, you know, like, how the hell did that happen? Because yeah. <laughs> I was hopeless drunk. Yeah. You know, like, it would kind of be me that I didn't do it. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no way I've proved that I couldn't do it, you know. So, mm. and that's what lots of people don't really get about the, working a program or being sober is like um it's hard to explain you know if I said to one of my friends you know like uh maybe I'll drink next year if I even had that mentality I'd be drinking right now you know uh it's just not yeah (laughs) it's it's just that it's just day by day um yeah
0: How did, um, how did your wife, um, you know, and maybe, I don't know how old your kids are, but like, how, how did that affect your family? Um, you know, throughout the years, if you don't mind my asking, just, um, was she, uh, we, we talked to a lot of people on this podcast that are actually loved ones, um, not just people Mm -hmm. who are struggling. And so I think, you know, what, I'd be curious to know how she handled this.
1: Well, you know, um, there, you know, she covered me a lot you know yeah. covered for me um and just loved me and and believed in me I think and that's what sort of b- believed that I could potentially get well I think I don't know because um you know um but there were a few times that I I scared myself around the children when I've had them and you know I've, I've pushed the boundary of you know, should I be driving right now with them or and and I really hated myself mm-hmm. for that doing some of those things you know that could have been potentially risky, mm-hmm. and then it just made me feel terrible and, and so th- th- in the same time there were lots of still lots of good times with my uh, my son's nine my um daughter's seven mm-hmm. and my uh, youngest daughter is four so um she's a- she's a couple of days older than I am sober so it's um it's there were there was some good times, but you know it was always. And miss, you know, it's yeah. you'd probably need to ask her about it, but um, yeah, uh, from from her point of view, she's you know, she's a lot happier yeah. <laughs> now, not having to worry if yeah. if I say that I'm going to go somewhere, I generally come back.
0: <laughs> right, right. She's happy you well. That's the thing. She's happy that you're well. And I think you know, speaking from a loved one, and um, and Sam, I didn't give you the context of me, but like I I I was someone that barely did anything growing up. And then Chris goes through this and, and it was hard for me to understand. Um, and I'm still learning today. And so I, I think, you know, over overwhelmingly. So I just love that Chris is well and has learned this way of staying well, right. And, and living his life. And I I think same for you and I'm sure same for her. And, uh, the, the other question I have is, um, you do have kids and you have gone through this. And I don't know if, if you guys have talked about this yet based on the ages of your kids. But one thing we've brought up before on the podcast is how do we kind of, you know, create a a less um, stigma in education um, and, and kind well, of bring this forward to kids. And I uh, would love your take on that if you have any opinion on it. And um, if you've approached this with any of your kids yet.
1: Oh, well, it's something I think about a lot. You know, it's um. Especially you know my son's playing music, and they're all listening to my songs and I'm thinking, "Gee, I need to um really write some happier songs because they're all singing the words, I'm like,, uh, how much <laughs> of this are they taking how much of the, this are they taking in you know and uh, yeah. my son sort of knows he and and when I talk to him, I sort of say, you know it's um i I don't drink beer or do that anymore because you know it's just it doesn't agree with me, and i I get really unwell and um I don't really go into it too much with them but thinking ahead I I think yeah it worries me that there's that that could carry on you know but um, one thing I've learned is just to um, deal with things day by day so if that time comes all I know is that hopefully I'll be sober and and able to be there for any of my kids you know going through if they go through it you know and there's nothing else I can do it's out of my control really Um, so um, I think um, I'm happy to tell people that you know, I'm alcoholic and it can be tough at times because there's no understanding of it, but I didn't understand it myself. So, you know, right.
0: Right. As anyone else got. (laughs) So uh, another thing, so let's pivot to music for a bit. So, um, you, you, always kind of have clinged to music and that's been your passion and tell us how i mean i think the the stereotype of musicians right i think is like oh yeah like the partying time right drug sex rock and roll all that stuff but um how how did this play into your music career and like you know, how, was it, was it a problem? Um, have you continued to battle that as you've come back into music? I'd be curious to know just from your perspective um, versus us just assuming like, how does, how does that work, you know, and how is it affecting you?
1: It's really interesting. It's, um, you know, I, I always did music and then I sort of, the songs I wrote previously when I was on and off drinking were sort of like, if I look at them now, they're kind of like, I look at them like little praise to myself, like kind of trying to give myself advice, you know? Um, Mm. And then then, um, when I was uh, got sober, you know, the last time it it was, I was like, I don't care about the music. Like I'll give it up. I'll give anything up just to, you know, be sober. Um, I just don't care. You know, like just let me be there for my kids and family. And and then something, I I slowly picked up the guitar again like. I started playing and singing but it felt so weird and just it didn't but I, I still just thought I'd keep giving it a go you know and I sung it a couple of times and it sounded horrible I was just like this is not this is not gonna work you know but um, slowly I started just sort of thinking oh I'll try and write a song about this you know and the writing and, and melody was really that that was moving me and i, I was actually able to put songs together because i could see clearly like oh there, you know i could put a start there and a finish there and suddenly i was putting together songs and i was like oh well i was never able to really do that that well so um that's good and then i started seeing that the songs i was writing so sort they of were sounding like sort of a bit country which is not what i normally did you know and um and then I started singing and that was different too. I like wasn't trying to put on any sort of like I wasn't trying to do anything but do them for myself, you know, and then you know, I found my I found my groove over a year or so and it just sort of really lit a fire and um and because of knowledge from the past that I had about music and, and I had had lots of years playing live, it I was able to sort of combine that and, and then make my sort of everything I did um, geared towards that so instead of focusing on alcohol and other things and all I did was focus on if I'm playing live like how can I make my performance better how can I do this better so bars and that started not to worry me and it, because it wasn't you know that that part of it wasn't for me I accepted that so um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go necessarily socialize in the bar if I wasn't playing I, I don't mind doing that but when I'm on stage that's different you know
0: right
1: I've got that separation so um uh yeah it's it's been a real like crazy blessing i guess um to be able to 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 share with my music and get it to a level where it's sort of really going well you know yeah, it's um, it's
0: so interesting that you're you're saying your your music kind of changed with with the change that you had in recovery. I think that's so crazy, and I bet that was very strange uh, at first. To say, okay, this isn't normally what has <laughs> come out of my mouth. <laughs> um, but well, yeah,
1: some of the guys <laughs>
0: me, you're like, "Oh, you're
1: a country guy now." I'm like, "Well, that's just the rips that were just coming out." You know, it's like it's funny, like it's it's pretty funny, but um, you know, and. I guess you just get in touch with yourself in a different way um, yeah. and that's how you know um, that feels honest more honest to me I guess and you know that's what I said to myself I'm like, if you're gonna do music and stuff like let's tell it how it is and be make it honest because you know I, I I take my imagery all the time away am I still being honest with some of those defects of being alcoholic come out you know it's like am I being truthful about this so like I, if I can keep one thing really honest with music you know so I think I'm managing to do that okay.
0: For sure I mean I think you know and from what I've learned from from Chris and some other stories it's like you, you're right like your focus before was was probably more about you know the the drinking and and not as much I'm not saying that you weren't focused on music but it's just you know your priority um, changes and and your your view on things changes and Chris I've never asked you that too like I mean since you've recovered I mean do you do you find yourself in new passion about um, working and and your career and all that
2: oh for sure well I'll answer that. in a, Well, yeah, I'll answer that and then I'll actually ask a question because I'm interested. But um, I don't, like, I think that I could consider myself a workaholic, I guess. And, but at the same time, I think I just figured out that I like being responsible and, and following through with my, like, I want to build a life, you know, to be with somebody and have a family and have money saved and this and that. I was never really motivated by that. And even in recovery, what I've noticed is I've had moments where I've struggled personally with finances and with like being responsible and saving and not spending a bunch of money. And, you know, I've put myself in positions where I've had to take a really good look at myself and use the tools that I've found in this program where I've had to be like, what fear is driving me to just not be legitimate with money like am I afraid to be successful am I afraid to am I afraid that I can't do it so I just stop myself from doing it and I think that my passion stayed the same like I'll be playing hockey three to four days a week I love golf I still love going to dinner I, I love traveling you traveled all over Europe you know so those things kind of remain the same but I, I just believe that the tools that you can use really help hone in those, those talents and those passions. And I think they, they can help you enjoy them more and also understand like how important they really should be in life, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense, but.
1: makes perfect sense. You know, it's like, um, I need something like a program to, you know, if I don't look at myself and take my inventory and then, you know, write a gratitude list, like give me three days, and I'll be not a nice guy to be around most probably. And that's (laughs) That's the truth of it, is that I need constant, you know, like, um, you know, you need to realise, you know, acceptance and all of those things, they're just tools that we need um, to be able to be grateful and remain in a place of serenity, you know, and we're so lucky to have that because, you know, um, a lot of people don't with different things, illnesses and disease, and, you know, we've got this programme there and, and different things we can do to still have a good life.
2: It's a second life, I think. yeah we're in the bonus round and it's also cool because like I don't know I I, to be very honest with everyone listening and and with you guys like I stopped my daily disciplines for a while like I do them every once in a while but I kind of got comfortable with my recovery over the past like couple months and up until about a week ago or a week and a half ago and I was just not in the greatest place mentally like I wasn't in shambles, trying to keep a needle out of my arm or stay away from the bar, but I just I wasn't as clear on life and I wasn't as as focused on what's important. I was getting in fear more. I was getting resentful easier, and I wasn't following through with commitments. and And I finally kind of took a step back, and I was like, "Man, I, I need I need some help." and, and got back into what you were talking about with writing down inventory and and looking at what I'm grateful for and praying again. And it's amazing how within seven to 10 days, how much that can change my life. And, and it's scary that it's that easy to get away from it. But the nice thing is, is like, we've, we've been given the opportunity to pick up those tools and, and use them. And it's just a matter of how desperate are we on a daily basis, you know? Yeah, that's right. I
1: mean, you get com- you can get comfortable uh, leaning away from that, and you think, "Oh, yeah, I'm all good." And then I don't realize myself when I've been traveling really badly for like four weeks. I would say badly until I start picking up some tools again and doing some things. I'm like, "Whoa, I haven't been good for a couple of weeks," you know, and that's <laughs> scary because like, you don't know. Yeah,
0: you know? yeah. Well, or you have people in your
1: life that tell you you should go to that meeting. I'm like, well maybe you should go to me
0: <laughs>
1: you know like then thinking, yeah oh, oh, yeah i need to go to well, you know? the, other
0: thing, I think the other thing to be is like life doesn't stop because of recovery right like you re- you recover from this state of of mind right but it but it's also like the world around you doesn't stop um so there's still things oh. that are hard and things that you go through and like the, the tools are there for that, right? And I and we've joked, Sam, so many times that like I think the tools of recovery should be given to everyone. Um and yep, that we should be yep. all practicing that stuff. Cause it's it's all it's fairly simple if you really think about it. So we've talked about that quite a bit too, but appreciate you guys well,
1: a program a program for life for everyone really. I mean and lots of stuff's based on different, you know, you I see stuff I'm like, well that's that's AA or that's this and that. You know and
0: yep. um yep.
1: It's just great, but the 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 real the, the thing is, why would you do it if you didn't have to? You know, you have to be pretty desperate. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't have wanted to apologize, make amends to people, and and deal with things that make me feel uncomfortable. You know, that's not what I what I did in the past. I'd you know, just avoid, you know, and, and yeah. be selfish. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> that's really, exactly you gotta, right. You gotta have to, you know, you gotta need to do it to stay alive, basically. To to do it. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, that's kind of what's cool is like, we've talked about it a couple of times. People like you and I, and even families of of addicts and alcoholics, like they are forced into a state of, of grasping out for a solution. And, you know, a lot of people may, may be happy, but may not be as happy as, as uh, life could, could be. And, and it's, it's not because of any other reason, but, but the fact that they don't have to, to, get uncomfortable and get spiritually fit or, or whatever. And there was a lady that I met who worked at the rehab facility I worked at in Texas. And she said, uh, and you know, some people may get irked when they hear this, but she said, religion is for people who are afraid of hell and spirituality is for people who have experienced it. And I was like, wow, that's kind of. I do like
0: that.
2: You know? Yeah. And that's what, well, that's what it's
1: like for me at the stage where I'm at you know um yeah.
0: so I want to know a bit more Sam now about um you wrote a song blessed and broken can you tell us a little bit about that um you know I think it's a, a from what I understand a great tribute to your recovery can you just kind of expand on where that came from what made you kind of driven to write it and um and what it's all about for those who are not familiar
1: yeah um you know, that was just one of the songs that I, I started writing um Uh, I I had the riff or I was like, well, this is, this is cool. And I started working it and then, um, uh, I don't know what, there was a line that came to me and then, you know, it's generally how I write like a a phrase or something will pop into my head straight away. And then I start writing around that, that, and working the song and, um, yeah, that sort of, I'm not sure where it started, but I realized what I was writing about and then, um, I sort of was just like, okay, I'll delve into this. And um not thinking that, you know, this is something that I was going to, a song that I'm going to release or anything, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, well, where's this going? You know, I've obviously got something to say about this. And I, mm-hmm. and then I, yeah, I just started writing. And then I realized I was writing about, you know, um, my last rock bottom pretty much um, about, you know, um, not being around and, and um, about what it, you know, uh, how, going into rehab and about a bit of withdrawal and, 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 um, feeling like I was, you know, close to hell and then, you know, close to feeling um, some relief spiritually and all of those feelings mixed into what I sort of went through. I sort of put down. Um, so, you know, I was sort of like, I, yeah you know, I'm definitely feel blessed at times, but you know, I had to be broken as before that happened. so I'm, And I'm still broken, you know, some ways I look at it and, so, you know, it's kind of, I just wrote a song about it and, um, and yeah, that's, that's blessed and broken, you know?
0: I love it. Yeah. I listened to it. and I think anyone listening, um, we'll, we'll put links to, to your music and obviously new album, um, out and everything as well, but I, I think it's think it's a really cool thing you don't you know we've we've seen you know people in the spotlight now coming out and telling their stories but it, it's just it's unfortunately not common um, for people to to share that openly so I think it was it was great of you to to release it so that all of us can um, can enjoy it as well and 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 really get to know you better I think it um, it's so helpful um to see you as you know, beyond your music. I just think it's, it's amazing. So thank you for writing that and also releasing it for us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no worries that, you know, yeah, it, it's better out than in these days, you know, that stuff, you know, so yeah. Yeah. I was just yeah. doing, I was just doing my 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 step work really.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. And then just sharing it outwardly. I love it. Um, no, that's great. And so I think, you know, a, as you move forward and, and now that you're in recovery and you're four years sober, um, What kind of keeps you, I know you've mentioned that you do your nightly inventories and you're kind of using the tools, but what keeps you motivated on a daily basis? And, um, and you know, what, what are the things that you look forward to now that you've kind of have this, um, kind of renewed sense of clarity in your life, um, specific to recovery?
1: Oh, well, you know, it's, it's gotta be kids and family, you know, it's, it's, they bring me joy and I experience things that, I could have never seen before um you know uh it was like being a horse with the blinkers on you know to see mm. one one way and then now it's a little like you take those off and you can look around so yeah. I'm 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 all up for like experiencing new experiences sober and just like just being alive you know and seeing what because so far I don't know what's around the corner but I know that it's, it's not what I've expected, you know, it's been beyond that. So all I've got to do is trust that, you know, um, I will experience things and I don't know how I'm going to react to them. And so uh, that kind of excites me, I guess, about like wh- what what's, what's around the corner, you know, and um, so really just, you know, I, I have, some goals but luckily i have you know i i can keep it in the day as well you know so um i, I work pretty hard on my music and that brings me huge joy like i just did a tour and uh, i haven't really even i'm um, 36 i've really done touring and done i've never managed to get anything together so you know it was cool to have people singing my songs and have a packed shows and that was like a huge buzz and and yeah. then um coming back to family life like is is amazing you know so really i just want to do a couple of things really well you know do my music well and do do be a good dad and um i think that that that's enough for me
0: yeah i i love it and and tell us a little bit about um so let's let's put covid aside and all of this where where are you are you normally um in new zealand do you come to the states from what i understand or like what what's kind of your normal setup and um and where yeah, are yeah, you I'm normally good. in career <laughs>
1: well i'm i'm in new zealand and and um it just so happened like um a bunch of guys started a record label because they were like your your music's quite country and really cool and uh, why don't we take why don't we take you to nashville and like see if we can you know make some things happen over there and i was kind of like well it's one of those blessings i'll i'll go for the ride you know so i went along and uh we did a couple of trips and um you know, it's, it's, I've still got all those connections there, so I may end up back there again. It's just, um, you know, with all that's going on in the world, that sort of came to an end pretty quickly. So yeah. uh, I just focus, focus on New Zealand and, and building, a, building a, a base here more with my music and, um, and sharing a message when I can um, of, of recovery and, and, um, you know, I, and I work a couple of jobs to, to pay the bills as well. And, um, you know, that, that, that's uh, generally what I do. And, and and record music and um so i'm not sure what the plans are for the future but um we'll we'll see what happens i guess
0: right but you did just release a new album correct
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, sorry a new ep yep that was all recorded in um in nashville so um the the five songs there were and then one of them was a co-write that i did that's let's go and um i got to i was luckily able to do some um uh co-writing with all these Nashville people uh, one song every day pretty much for a week and um, I'd never really collaborated so that was that was crazy cool and um, and, I'm doing that so I've got I've got tons of songs sitting there I just need to work out how I can do the next next thing and record an album and keep keep the wheels spinning.
0: Yeah, that's great. Nashville is, is a special place. I've, I've been a couple of times. Uh, there's definitely a unique vibe there. Um, and I'm sure that you had some great experiences there. Um, what, uh, what kind of, um, what kind of music you mentioned that your, your kind of voice changed, what kind of music did you play before when, before you were kind of country ish?
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, I, you know, I do, I, I've always done cover gigs, so I guess I've always learned, um, songs, you know, so, um, Uh, it was it's really I guess um, I would adapt to the songs quite a lot so I never really had my own I just I just felt I didn't really have my own voice I guess it's um, Mm -hmm. and you know I had more of a husky sort of sound and maybe that's because I you know smoked more or did you know whatever you know I just sort of and I just sort of sung that way technique wise and I thought that was that was me but I guess um, I when I Got sober and started singing again I kind of like felt like there was a deeper sound so there were I, I let the a deeper lower sounds and then I started testing what I could actually do um, outside because all I did was sing in my little comfort zone and, and get drunk you know <laughs> so yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> You know, I I could hardly walk, and I'd still be singing all right, pretty much. I thought so, but probably not. And then, you know, so I just started um learning how to, you know, I was just extending myself every chance I could. So, and then I ended up, you know, with with being comfortable with what I was doing sound wise. Well, at the moment, anyway. So that's what that's what it is, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's great, and uh, look forward for sure to when things get back to a little bit of normal, and hope you can make it back to uh, to Nashville at some point. How do you think um I know you mentioned obviously with with um you know songs you've written that have kind of told some of your recovery story, but how do you foresee you know music or what are you doing right now um to tell the message of recovery um if anything, and um kind of what do you hope to do to help continue the message forward
1: yeah i' I sort of i do my my I do meetings in and I'm available um online, so a lot of people reach out um through. Because of my music too, so far I've found it's been really, really cool. So um, I, I help that way and, and do this sort of thing and sharing on podcasts and things like that, where I'm not necessarily comfortable all the time, is a good way to is a good way to share a message as well of of hope. And um, so you know, um, whatever I'm doing, I'm always available for for anything recovery related or any, if anyone needs help. You know, that's just the way it is. Or it's got to be. Um, uh, so. Uh, Music-wise, um, I don't know where you know. I've still got more songs of, about sort of recovery, and I've got more songs about just general questions I have in life and and um, different things. So I, I don't know really what's next. There's there's a few different sort of songs and collaborations I've got working on. So um, yeah, sort of. I think I'll still try and let the music sort of t- sit with my story of where yeah. I am in life, and I'll, I'll just try and keep it like that. I think.
0: I love that, and. Do you have a dream collaboration of someone you could work with?
1: Oh, there's lots of people, you know. <laughs> um there's lots. i would tell you though, I like um I like Chris Stapleton. He's yes, cool, you know, good. Yes. Cool um, and you know, oh, there's lots of people. So, I'm you know. Sure. Who knows? <laughs> Down
0: the right path with visiting Nashville yeah. a few times. So hopefully that can come to fruition someday. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, what else? Um, I, I would. Lo- okay. So, from your perspective, you're a musician. Um, you've got this great career. You've gone through recovery. What kind of advice would you give to, um, you know, a, a young, a young person? And I guess your son is in the mix here, but um, a young person that's that's really into music, that's that's looking into this career, that um, you know might might eventually struggle with something. What kind of advice would you give someone in your position, you know, that's that's much younger and and on the come up um, in this thing? Oh,
1: <laughs> so such a hard question I've been asked before.
0: <laughs> I like to Don't throw in a loaded it. question.
1: Don't do it. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Well, you know, um, just just try and and stay in love with what you're doing. Don't change for anybody. You know, um, if it, if it's if you're using music and stuff as you know an expression of yourself and and a way to release all things and um, you know just try and stay true to yourself and and enjoy enjoy the process along the way, because that's all it is, which I have to, I have to tell myself, you know, enjoy the little wins that you have, because right. you need those, you know, um, yeah, and just, and try and bring people joy with it.
0: Yeah, for sure, and what about on, on the recovery side of things, um, what what would you say to somebody that's either listening now that's struggling, um, loved ones that are struggling? What kind of advice do you have for someone now that you've gone through this world of recovery?
1: Uh, reach out. You know, reach out with a, you know, it's, um, if you're, you if you think you're an alcoholic or you want to know more, there there is plenty of tools out there. It, it, you can get online and you can, and you can start a process of finding out about where you're at and, and you know why you're doing what you're doing you know you can you can get an understanding and i think that's really important just to just to reach out and, and talk to people and and um and if you're a family member there's there's tools there as well so you know um there is help available and you just need to realize that you're not alone you're not completely different there's millions of us you know that's um yeah. that, that we're all going through different things, you know, whether it's um, alcoholism or anything, depression, you know. And so, um, and I think things are changing that, you know, we're able to talk about things more, but, you know, reach out and, and, and you just don't know what's around the corner for you. It could be a whole new life, you know, with a bit of hard work.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's true. We talk about, you know, th- this network that seems to be hidden behind the scenes of just people that are, you know, it's not only willing to listen and help, but, Um, it's part of recovery to help others. So it's, it's people that are eager to help you for those that are listening that are maybe fearful of reaching out. We've talked about it a million times. Um, Chris, what else do you have? Any other questions?
2: (laughs) Uh, I have one question. One thing I was going to say too, is like back to what Sam said about reach out to people and just ask for help. The one of the hardest things for me is to admit that I'm struggling to another human being because it's scary and you feel weak and you feel like you're alone. And the truth is like everyone in life, in my opinion, is just trying to figure it out. And everyone has their dark secrets. Everyone has their, their flaws, their defects. And,
0: Mm -hmm. you know,
2: if you have anyone in your life that you're comfortable with talking to about addiction or whatever you're struggling with, just, just speak up even when it's uncomfortable and, and allow the universe to take care of, of, what's next after honesty because that's typically the first the first step so the only question I had was I don't know if it's a question but I guess I've music is such a huge part of my life it's it's I literally sit there every night and listen to new music and new artists and I've always been extremely um envious of people because it, music makes me emotional it moves me it, it it allows me to feel things and I've always wanted to be able to feel what it's like to create that and put my emotion into music I'm just not very artistic drawing playing music singing I'm not and it's okay
0: but yeah. I guess
2: like what is that like to be able to do that because I think that's a pretty big deal to me
1: yeah, yeah man, and um I think I think the way that the music moves you um that you're explaining is exactly the same. You know, it's the same thing. It's um you know that's what I felt as as a kid. That was the only thing that really moved me, made me feel and understand what kind of what I was feeling. I think that's what we're, we're trying to do and um you just get, you know, with practice. Um I guess uh I don't know where it comes from or you know what it is, but it's you, we're just able to sort of package it a little bit you know it's just uh <laughs> right just just packaging that that feeling is um uh, you know is uh so everyone else can sort of feel feel
2: the, the same way you know it's just a feeling i guess i i yeah. think that's amazing i really do and i think it's cool that you can share that with people and allow other people to have emotion when they listen to something that you're that you've created. I've just, I've always just been very amazed by that and, and envious of it. So thank you. <laughs> uh,
1: thanks man. I mean, I, it, it is, it, I do feel lucky to be able to do it, you know,
2: definitely. Good. I hope you do. Cause it's, it's, it's special.
0: Yeah. Chris will send me just music pretty much every night, like listen to this song. So <laughs> it, it's been a big part of, we joke that our family is like the Partridge family too. We always had music on growing up. It was a big part of our lives as well. So um, us That's dancing it. around and trying to be, you know, pros, which we are not at all uh, has been, it has been a big part of our life. I think it's a lot of, you know, it it, uh, it moves and affects everybody, you know, so um, completely agreed. Great question, Chris. <laughs>
1: I think it's amazing what you two are doing. You know, it's pretty, uh, pretty out there and open, and uh, you know, and the fact that your family, so, yeah, yeah, like it's like, hey, let's uh, talk things out and uh, share with everyone. You know, it's like not many people do that. You know, so it's really cool. I'm glad I've got to be a part of it today.
0: Yeah, we're we're so glad to have you, and and thanks for saying that. We're. We're doing what we think seems right, right? It's like we we don't we didn't know how this would go when we started, and um, we 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 actually truly are helping people. We've had phone calls. We're trying to put resources out there and and do what we can. Um, you know, as I said, in 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 the middle of you know the rest of life happening around us. Um, so really appreciate that, and we hope you can uh, can come back and join us at some point and once things are back to normal and, and, you know, maybe we can come see a show and, and we can cont- continue to have you as, you know, a great friend of faded podcast and um, can't thank you enough for, for taking the time today and um, and sharing your story. Cause, cause, you know, as we've said today, just, you know, the more we can do this, um, the less stigma is in place and uh, we're really pumped about it. So really appreciate your time today.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much. That's awesome.
0: You bet. And uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch and where Sam can people find you um, that are interested um, once they listen to this and, and want to kind of look you up and find you, what's the best place um, for them to find you?
1: Yeah. All the, all the um, standard places that everyone goes to like Facebook <laughs> just Sam Bartels and um, Instagram for, for following following me for shows and things like that. And then um, I'm on Apple music and Spotify, all the mainstreaming places as well. So I'm um, just under my name, Sam Bartels and um, yeah give me a follow and and um I'll, I'll i'll keep sharing and doing what i do and and um yeah
0: please do you are a great human and um so awesome that you're that you're four years sober keep it up and um and let's stay in touch thank you again for uh, for joining today
1: no worries thanks a lot guys.
0: Cool. all right thanks sam bye chris
1: thanks bye, chris. guys see ya